You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. All right, gals. Well, I'm really excited today because I don't know if you guys remember. So the podcast has been going on for, I'm not even going to try to say, three years-ish. I don't know. Early on, I had a dear friend and mentor of mine, Patty Arugio, come on. And we talked about the Psalm 119 study because she had helped me write that study. And it was, oh, it was such a joy to do that with her. But I decided to ask Patty to come on today. And it's not going to be the last gals because I just love talking to Patty. I call her teacher Patty because she was my kids' preschool teacher. It just can't shake it. I know that I probably should at some point. But anyway, teacher Patty, Patty Ruggio, thank you for joining me here on the podcast. Thank you for having me. So before we jump in, because today what I wanted to do, last time we talked about Psalm 119 and all of that fun stuff, I'm sure we worked in some mentorship and discipleship, because that's really what you have been to me for, well, Evan is now 20. (laughs) Wow. And you had his spicy self for three and four years old, right? I think Uh you did three years old. He started when he was three. He started when he was three. Oh, guys, so many people at Athey go, oh, he's such a nice boy. And he is a nice boy. But teacher Patty saw a different side of him at times when he was first learning to separate from mom and all of those things. So there's that. But so Patty, just real quickly, because there's a lot of people that weren't around back listening to the podcast a couple years ago. So tell everybody who you are and you know, about your husband, how long you've been at Athey, all that good stuff. Well, we've been at Athey for 24 years now. And yeah, we started in 1999. Same yeah, as us. So that's what I thought. I did yes. not realize it was the same year. Wow. Yeah. And my husband's Butch, and we've been married for, it'll be 48 years next month. We have four children and six grandchildren, and we just love it living here. We love going to Athey. I've been a part of women's ministry for many years. I actually did the very first Bible study for women that we did back in 2000. And you were there, (laughs) I remember. So I've just kind of always tried to stay a part of different things for women's ministry, and I just have thoroughly loved it, and it's been such a blessing to me. And I've had had my preschool for 27 years. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. How long were you the preschool teacher? 27 years, and I had a lot of Athey families come to my preschool, and that was a huge, huge blessing. She had all three of my kiddos, and one of the things that I always loved about Teacher Patty's preschool is, you know, a lot of times I think, preschool teachers, they're all about the fun, which is great. But my kids learned, and I think all your students learned, that actually structure and good behavior and saying no, and I mean, those were accepted things. I You were had a wonderfully I, kind way of being very firm with the kids. That was really, really good. And it was so instructive, I think, for me as a young mom, because you're still kind of trying to navigate, okay, how much of this do I just need to be, you know, gracious and the nice and smiley mom. But I remember if there was ever times where I was kind of making a compromise on something that I probably shouldn't, you would just with that wonderful smile go, oh, no, they, they should not be allowed to do that. You know, and I just remember that always being like, oh, Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they shouldn't be able to, you know, just do this whenever they feel like it. And so brings us a little bit to what we want to talk about today in that there were things that at that time, you hadn't even sat me down and said, okay, 
you know, this is what this should look like. And, you know, maybe it was a parenting thing or whatever. It was just things that I observed. I say sometimes, and I'm, it's not original to me, because to me, it's just a very biblical Titus 2 thing of there is an idea of caught, not taught. I love teaching. Good teaching is great. And everybody should, believers should be at their, at a church, plugged in, listening to the teaching from your pastors and elders. You should be getting good teaching. Teaching is so important. But then there's this element, and I think that's definitely what we see in Titus 2 is that, like, you know, the Titus to the older modeling to the younger, and we always get caught up in age on that. So maybe we'll, maybe I'll have you define some of that for me in a little bit, because I don't know it's always necessarily about a number that you actually just learn from watching. And so I think far, you know, way before I actually sat with you and we opened up our Bibles together and we prayed together and you talked to me one-on-one, there was a whole bunch I had already tapped into let's call it discipleship, mentorship, before we even officially started that. So I'm not giving you a whole lot of things to talk about in that, I suppose, but can you, what do you think that responsibility is for perhaps for the gals that have just walked with the Lord for a long time in your relationships with other people? Because I think it starts before you actually sit down with them one-on-one. I remember, oh gosh, it was probably over 30 years ago, I did a Bible study, and it was on experiencing God. And the takeaway for me in that Bible study was, God's at work all around us, we just need to see where He's at work and join Him. And that was so freeing for me, and it just, what it did, it encouraged my faith, because I thought, okay, if God's at work, then I don't have to initiate it, because I'm not an initiator in that way. I thought I can become a part of it. And so, and my sister always teases me and would tell me, God knows you, Patty. That's why he had you have a preschool, so the moms would come to you, because he knew you weren't <laughs> going to go to them. <laughs> so, That's a great point. I would probably be in that same camp. <laughs> yeah. So you're right when you say by example, because I would watch the moms, and I mean, I just loved all the children. They were just amazing to me. And I would get a little irritated at times with the moms, because I'd think, you know, don't they understand what they're teaching their child? Because I've always felt that in all we do, we're always teaching. And so I would try to be an example, like you had said, to the moms. But when I would see that they weren't exactly catching on, that's when I would take them aside. And I would pray beforehand, Lord Jesus, give me the right words and just help me to be gentle and gracious when I talk to this mom. But I would be forthright about, you know, I noticed that this is what you're doing. Can I suggest something better? And then that would give me a door to be able, and they'd go, oh, okay. And then I could say what I've noticed and try to give them some pointers a better way. And what I didn't realize, and God knew, is that I was starting to mentor. I was coming alongside of them as a, in a discipleship form to encourage them in the Lord, to encourage them to be the mom that God created them to be, and to look at their children as gifts from Him, not their own this is not an extension of them. This is not a miniature them. This is a whole little person that God has given them and to respect and love that child and just to be in awe over this is a gift God has given me. What can I do with this gift? And that was my heart. And it became who I was. And it was such a wonderful, wonderful thing because the thing I have noticed, and to go back to your question, is you don't have to necessarily be older to discipleship. You know, you can be a young person and discipling 
a child or discipling a teenager. It's coming alongside someone and teaching them about the Lord and encouraging them in the Lord and encouraging them in God's Word. Because to me, that's everything. That's the doorway, true joy, and to be able to feel confident about your parenting or feel confident about helping another person is knowing God's word. And then you can in turn share that with someone else. And so God was good because then he allowed me to meet different women, to have women that would start to ask me, you know, okay, can you help me with this? Or can you help me with that? And that opened the door for me to be able to come alongside and mentor them. And not in such a structured way. I love what you're saying there. And I think the first thing to think about, because why do we do this? Why do we even want to make disciples? Why do we want to get into this whole discipleship thing? We got to remember that is a biblical command to us. I just want to read here. It's in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. And it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. That's Jesus talking right there. And it is it is telling us that we are to make disciples. Now let's think about this. We're not making disciples to have somebody come under our wing and do things the way we want them to do it. Or, you know, it's not necessarily performative, I guess, in that way. But we're doing it because this is what, and, and I think this is just what I have experientially got to have under your mentoring. It's looking to God's word. It's looking to Jesus. And that's where the instructive comes in. And when you were even talking about how you would view your children and how you would, you know, even thinking of, of that, like, oh, the tremendous responsibility. But this is a gift from the Lord. And so there's so many things that we always want to be pointing back to that original thing because a lot of those moments, those are gospel moments with those kiddos, you know, and they're teaching them who Jesus is. And you get to do that. And that's okay. So that's with your kids. But there is also maybe there's people that don't have kids, they still have lots of gospel moments in their own life, too. So one of the things that I think I, that I would really love for gals to hear is that mentorship and discipleship is something that is we're talking to two different groups of people, right? We're going to be talking to the ones there's people listening to this, there's gals listening that are probably the Lord's been already stirring on their heart a little bit, like going, oh, should I be discipling someone? Should I be mentoring someone? What would that look like? That sounds really scary. So let's talk that group of gals real quick, because... But before I do, I want to read a verse to you, and this is from Ephesians 3.20, and it says, Now to him, meaning God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And when you really think about that verse, it tells us that it's all about God in us. It's about the Holy Spirit working in us and that power that he gives us. So that's why I love that Bible study that went to, that I learned that God's all around us. He's at work all around us. We just need to see where he's at work and join him. When you realize it's not necessarily you, it's the Lord, and that he's given you that power, it kind of gives you the confidence to put your arm around that woman and to say, you know, let me, let me help you here. Let me, let's talk about this. And then you can lead them into 
what God's Word says. But it, it doesn't mean that you have to know the Bible back and forth or you know, be able to recall addresses to every scripture. Sometimes just going through the Bible with them, saying, you know, I know it's here somewhere. That's teaching. That's helping them. It's, but it's, it's having that heart to, to just love on that young woman and help her to be able to make it through a tough situation or where she feels inadequate and maybe in parenting or whatever it is, to help that woman to realize you can do this. You know, with the Lord, all things are possible. You can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I must have said that a hundred times every day when I was in my preschool with 12 little children that were not mine, that had all different personalities and temperaments, that I knew I could do it with Christ. And it's the same thing with discipleship. You know, it's knowing that you can do these things with Christ. It's not all about you and what are you capable of or what do you have or what are your talents or abilities. God will use those, but it's no, it's all about the Lord in you. And do I really trust in him to use me? And it is, it's a whole thing about seeking the Lord and trusting him. And then being able to share that with a younger person, what a wonderful gift. I can remember so many times thinking, I wish I would have had somebody come alongside me and just wrap their arm around me and teach me about God's word and guide me in God's word when it came to parenting. Because being able to help someone that way, such a gift and such a joy. Why wouldn't you want to do that? I love that you brought up that Ephesians verse because that is a great reminder for all of us that it is not about us. Because maybe that's the thing that gets as it's kind of a roadblock for gals who maybe think maybe that the Lord would be stirring their heart to disciple someone, but they start going, well, but I don't know the Bible well enough, or I don't know who I would do that with. So that's, you know, I'm just not going to think about it anymore. But all of those questions, all those concerns are always going to be about you, me. I don't have what it takes for this or I, you know, but that what that verse just exactly what you're bringing up. It is what the Lord is doing. You're there just to, to be an empty clay pot and let the Lord fill that and use you in that way. So it always comes back to obedience. And I'm sure that you felt that many times, maybe even with some moms that you didn't really want to have that conversation of, okay, they might be a little, they might not be real receptive to this or whatever, but you were obedient to that. And then you never know how the Lord's going to use that. Even if the conversation goes terrible, if you were obedient to the Lord, the Lord's going to sow those seeds and, you know, who knows, that's up to the Lord how those things work out. But it's up to us to be obedient to what the Lord has asked us to. So I think that's really, really good for gals that are thinking about whether they should disciple or whether they won't. The other thing I like about it saying that it's all about the Lord and not you is sometimes I think the ones that are not the ready to discipleship are the ones that think they do have something to offer. Sometimes that's a little scary. So be careful of that. I think go back to that Ephesians verse and realize that all that we do, but particularly, you know, in this conversation when we're talking about discipleship is it needs to be about what the Lord is doing and not what you think you have to offer that gal. And I think if you really pray about that and you seek the Lord with all your heart and he is faithful, it takes away that fear of, am I going to lead him in the wrong direction? Am I going to tell them something that I shouldn't? But it, when you trust in the Lord and you're asking him to fill you, it takes that fear away, and then you can move forward with that person. You can feel confident. And there's nothing wrong with ever saying to somebody, you know what, I need to, if they ask you a question, I need to look into that, I'm going to get back to you. Or saying, I'm sorry, you know what, I should have told you that. What I really wanted you to know is 
you know, whatever. And so it doesn't mean you have to be perfect to be able to disciple someone. It means you have to have a heart for the Lord and a heart for that person, you know, for women. And I think about our walk with the Lord. What does he call us to do? Fellowship. It's always about fellowship. And I would always have to say to myself, what does that look like? And in my life, I'm not one of those women that goes out to lunch with a whole bunch of women and, you know, just a chatterbox with everything. That's just not the way God made me. But I do have a heart for women. And so I'm good as far as pointing them to Christ, listening to what they have to say, because listening's huge, and helping them to see that every question they have there's an answer in the Bible. And that's I think, is a huge part of discipleship. Because if you stick to obedience to the Lord and His Word, you're not going to go wrong. Well, and one of the things you, you mentioned a little bit ago is that even just sometimes, because maybe somebody who's thinking about discipling, they're like, well, what would we talk about? What do I do? But I have talked to one was a gal that it was on the receiving end, and then another Titus 2 gal that they actually get together. And, and the only thing they really do, for the most part, is they read the Word together. And I think that's amazing. I mean, we think about it and we're like, well, do I have to come up with like, you know, questions that we would talk about every time or whatever? I mean, I don't know. Maybe the Lord would lead you in that direction and he would do that. But you are always going to be safe and on solid footing if that's kind of your bedrock. I remember the first time that you and I sat down on a very one-on-one basis. And, you know, I don't know what the prep looked like on your side, but I've always known you to be a very prayerful person. And and so you had told me that when I had reached out that I wanted to meet, you know, for a little bit, I was going through a really difficult season. And when we first sat down, you said that, you know, you'd been praying about this. And every time that you prayed about it, the Lord just kept bringing up, Psalm 23, Psalm 23. And you were kind of like, I don't really know why we're supposed to do Psalm 23. It wasn't even like you were coming to it like, oh, well, clearly, you know, and here's my 12 points on what we'll cover in this mentorship session. And we would just read Psalm 23. And then once we had worked our way through Psalm 23, we started doing Psalm 119, which was then who knew what the, how the Lord was going to use that. But then we ended up, you know, working on the Bible study together. But that was, it was just God's word. It wasn't even like on your side, you had to prep for a few hours before you walked into that or anything like that. You can correct me where I'm wrong, but I would imagine most of the prep came in prayer. Yeah. And that's what the Lord had put on my heart. So I hope that for the gals that are listening to this that are on the side of going, ooh, should I be discipling someone? And I would say, just like Patty said, with the questions you might ask about, well, I'm not old enough. Well, I'm going to have to poke at that a little bit too, because you're older than someone. If you have been saved and walking with the Lord, even for a few years, you're already older than someone who might just be a brand new believer or a little kiddo. Or, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of places that you're older than someone. So don't think that there has to be a gray hair count before, like, oh, I'll do that someday when we're down the road. And the reason I I really am trying to focus on that is because I'll be up there on a Tuesday night teaching those studies. And I see a room with so many women that I know would be excellent to get some of the caught not taught from. And so for some of those, that's who I'm talking to, to be praying about who you should be doing that with and who you should be walking with. So now let's switch gears and let's talk about the gals that need to kind of come underneath that discipleship and that mentorship that kind of need it. What would you say to those gals? I would encourage them to, first of all, pray about it and ask the Lord to lead them. 
And then I would encourage them that if they do, like if Amy just mentioned, if you're at a Tuesday night Bible study and you see a woman that's older than you, that maybe you kind of see her nodding at certain things that you're thinking, oh, that's something I'm interested in too. And you kind of think, you know, I want to see more of her reaction to Amy's teaching. And you kind of feel this connection, even though you haven't met this woman, there's nothing wrong with going up. And like with the Titus 2 gals come up in front, you know, to be able to go up and talk to a Titus 2 gal. And I had a couple of gals that I'm now mentoring that asked me, would you mentor me? And I said, I, can we pray about it first? And so I would pray about it and I'd ask her to do the same thing. Because mentoring to me, it's a, a commitment. So it's not something you want to take lightly. You really want to pray about, Lord, is this somebody that you would have me come alongside and mentor? But there's nothing wrong with asking an older woman, would you be willing to mentor me? And if she asks you to pray about it, don't feel offended. It's just that she's taking it seriously, and it is a serious step. And so after I've prayed about it, I've always said yes, you know, because the Lord has just put that little gal on my heart, and it's been such a huge blessing for me. And like I was telling you earlier, though, I do mentoring. I don't know if there's a set way, but what works for me is when I mentor a woman and I make that commitment, I tell them that I will meet with them once a month and we meet at my house. If they they can come to my house, if they're far away, then we have to Zoom. But I prefer to have them coming to my home and we'll meet for an hour. And sometimes I'll tell him I'll go an hour and a half, but I won't go beyond that because it's not fair to my husband. And so I'll meet with them for that hour. But what I ask them to do, because it is only once a month, is I ask them to keep a little notebook. And if something comes up and they have a question for me, write it on your notebook. You know, from the time that we meet till the next time, just keep writing in that notebook any questions that you have for me. So that when we meet, we will hold hands and pray. And then after we pray, I'll say, okay, you've got your list of questions. And then they'll literally, will go down those questions and we'll open the Bible together and read scripture together that pertains to those questions. And that's, to me, really what mentoring is, is teaching them how to go through the Bible, teaching them how to find answers to their questions in God's word. Because I'm convinced there's every question that we have, there's an answer in God's word. And so that's basically what my role is in teaching. And sometimes maybe there aren't that many questions because they have a lot to get off to talk about that something that has happened. And I just listen and I listen and I listen. And then when they're done, then I can give them some advice. And then of course we go to scripture and then we pray at the end. But that has worked wonderfully for me in mentoring women. And of course, I've always given them my my cell number and tell them if they have a question that they need to talk to me or if something comes up, they can text me. And sometimes it's just a prayer request or sometimes they say, you know, can we talk? And I will. And I've even gone on walks with my gals because I walk. And so I'll tell them, hey, you want to get together and walk so we can do that. And so they'll come over and we'll walk together, you know, for about an hour. It gives us a great chance to be able to talk. But that has really been a huge blessing for me just to be able to come alongside women and help them. And each time it's been them approaching me, asking me, would you be willing to mentor me? Or they'll say, gosh, you've helped me so much. I want to keep talking to you. I I need someone like you because I want to live a godly life. I want to be a godly mother. I want to be a godly wife, but I honestly don't know what that looks like. I didn't have a good example. And so then 
that stirs my heart, you know, and that's when I ask them to pray and I do the same thing. One of the things I love before we started recording, you were saying, you know, about that list of questions, because maybe somebody was thinking of discipling, you're like, well, Patty, you just said that they come to you with all their questions and you just answer them. And that's not what teacher Patty does, folks. So talk about that for just a second. Because if they come to you with a question, what's probably going to be your first question back to them? I'll usually ask them, so have you, I'm assuming you've prayed about this, and they'll say yes. Have you asked God for a scripture that has spoken to your heart to help you to understand what you're going through right now? And sometimes they'll say yes, but a lot of times it's no. And I'll say, well, that's what we, first step, that's what we need to do. We need to ask God and ask him for scripture to help you to get through. Because my goal in mentoring is to, I don't want them to come to me like, cause like you just said, I don't have the answers. I don't have all the answers and I know that. And if I thought that's what it, it meant, I wouldn't do it. Right. That would scare me half to death. But I know that the Lord has the answers. And so that's why I'll, I'll, and sometimes we literally will go through the Bible together. And I really love doing that. And so we'll just, in fact, I have in the front of my Bible, and I've done this for many, many years, all these different topics. Oh, gals, I wish you could see her Bible right now. <laughs> so that I can then go through these and we'll find like, you know, one of the topics here is persecution. Another one is correction. Another one is behavior. And so they might be talking about something like that. And I can go through here. And what I've done is, as I've read through my Bible, is I'll make a topic and I'll put the scripture that spoke to my heart. Because this helped me in raising my children. And so then now it's helping me with my mentoring. So I can go and I can find scripture that spoke to my heart that I can share with them. And so then we can then talk about that. And so my prayer is that maybe they'll do the same thing. Maybe they'll start writing in their Bible and putting, you know, and I always encourage women to highlight, write. I mean, I've got every page is highlighted and, and sometimes in different colors for different meanings. You know, when I went through breast cancer, I highlighted everything in pink. So when I read those, I know, oh yeah, that's when I, that's when God spoke to me when I was going through my treatment, you know, but that makes your Bible so personal and it makes it a part of who you are and it becomes your tool and your go-to whenever you go through anything, you know, because you never know what life is going to throw at you. You never know what's going to happen to you. And when you mentor, you never know what's going to throw at someone else. And so you want to be able to find scripture that will help and direct that person and, and help them through that time. Well, nothing better than to have your Bible that you've used for many, many years that you can really call yours that speaks to you that you can help use it to speak to someone else. I think that's so important because while I do think sometimes we find ourselves in seasons where maybe we do need a little bit of handholding, you know, maybe it is we're just at the very bottom of the barrel and you need someone to kind of take your hand and take you actually to that passage that I'm not going to say that those seasons don't exist because they absolutely do. But I also like how Patty, you challenge gals to, to do that themselves, you know, and I think that's freeing both for the gal that is coming to be mentored and for the mentor, because for the gal that is doing the mentoring, like you said, you're not there to say, I have all the answers. No, but we'll sure seek the one who does. But what you're doing is you're hopefully teaching that gal to first and foremost, go to the Lord. And if a mentor, I think it, if I could say mentoring could be done poorly, if you are only just telling them, this is the answer to your problems. This is what you need to do. 
that doesn't necessarily create that framework of the discipline of actually going to the Bible and going to God and asking him like what I should be doing. Yes, because I can remember even thinking when I mentored a couple of gals years and years and years ago, when I first started mentoring, and I wanted to help them so much, and I wasn't sitting down with the Bible opened, going through that with them, I was answering. And then I realized, I don't want to live their lives for them. I've already lived. I've already raised my kids. I've already gone through all that. I'm not going to go through all this again with this other person. That's not what I'm here for. And I really prayed about it. And the Lord just put it on my heart. That's not what mentoring is. You know, mentoring isn't living their life day by day. So that's why I only meet with them once a month. I purposely do that because I don't want them to think that that's what I'm here for. No, I'm here to direct and to teach and to guide them in God's word so that they then can do that. And maybe someday they can in turn mentor somebody else. But yes, I think that's so, so important. This is a totally, in a lot of ways, this is so different. I mean, it's almost in every way. It's so different than what the world is kind of putting out there of what either mentorship, and I'll say this term, some people will get mad at me. I think there's probably good ways of doing it. But it's kind of the life coach thing is a really big thing. And so again, I'm not trying, I'm sure that can be biblically well done if it's doing it like you're talking about, where you're pointing back to God's word. But if you're viewing mentorship as something where you're someone's like personal cheerleader, that's kind of empty at the end of the day, you know? But that, that would again point to the fact that it would be about us. It would be about the things that we have to offer because, you know, we're so amazing. That's not great. <laughs> That's actually the reverse of what scripture is saying. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Let him increase that we would decrease, you know. So I think it is something that for some gals, they'll come and I really want to be mentored. But I do wonder if which idea of mentorship do they have in mind? You know, they may have in mind somebody that is older and wiser that's just going to tell me the answer to all of my life's problems and, you know, fill in the blank for me. That's not really what we're talking about when we look at Titus 2, biblically walking and discipling someone is that's different because that should be about God and his word, not about the person and and not about making shortcuts for the person that wants to be mentored either. And sadly, we're kind of like that today. We're just a little lazy. Oh yeah. Everybody wants a quick fix. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, there is, we could do an entire episode just on the waiting and the struggle and just having things kind of elusive in what the answer should be. I mean, that's just kind of where we live these days, but we don't like it. You know, we really want that quick fix, that quick answer, that quick scripture that's just going to tell us exactly. Well, sometimes the Lord does provide exactly that. And then sometimes he really just wants you to sit there with that. And I suppose I love to the comfort that discipleship, if you've put yourself in a place where you have that relationship, then you do have somebody that can encourage you with that scripture or just encourage you in prayer when you're sitting in the place when the answer is not coming quickly. So you've done a couple different things. Right now you're actively mentoring, like you said, 10 gals, and you have a really great structure with that. I love your structure with that. There's so much even of the caught not taught in that because you're instructing those gals, whether they're married or not, to be respectful of their husband and their time. I mean, all of that, that is huge. And that's not something that is, even if a woman might be employing that. Maybe she doesn't say it. Maybe she doesn't say the why she's being really strict about that time. And so I like that you even say, oh, 
well, this isn't respectful to my husband, so I need to, this is when it has to cut off. That is giant. But there's also mentorship that I feel like I still get to enjoy from you. You and I don't meet on a regular basis. We probably get together maybe twice a year, which is sad. We do text, you know, much more frequently than that. But what I have enjoyed is that there was a season where it was a regular time, that that was where the Lord had called me and you to be in. And in case you're wondering if she had asked or if she had said, I'll need to pray about that when I asked her, yes, she did. I asked her if she would meet with me and I was a little like, wait, what do you mean you have to pray about that? Again, like she said, don't be offended. That should be our all of our answer. You know, we should really be prayerful about commitments that we make. And so she did pray about that. And so we did meet on a regular basis. Again, this was years and years ago. And I got to see Teacher Patty on a regular basis with my kiddos. And well, now a little bit of more than a decade has passed. But because of that relationship and because of that, just that season of life, it's created something that I know that I can still reach out to you for prayer. I could still reach out to you to get coffee and and something like that. And so that's still in there. And that's a beautiful thing too. I mean, I think it's a whole nother side of mentorship that, you know, there'll come a season where some people will want to meet with you for a couple months, but then it's not like you just drop them. You're like, oh, well, you know, I guess you'll figure it out from here kind of thing. And that's a really beautiful thing too, that it's just throughout life. And I think when you were talking about how we're designed to be in fellowship with one another and with other people, that's side of that, of kind of living the the good and the bad with those folks. And it helps you so that you get to enjoy some seasons that are not in the dire straits that, you know, when I was sitting in the little blue chair down in the preschool room, we get the joys of seeing things, watching what the Lord does down the road. And you and I have definitely seen And that, that. is a huge joy. Yes. Yeah, that's been amazing. Well, one of the gals that I'm mentoring right now, I when I first met her, when, we, when I first started mentoring her, she was single. But she had this boyfriend. Well, then she got engaged, and I got to, you know, be a part of that. And well, then they got married, and my husband Butch and I went to their wedding, which was so fun. And now they're going to have a baby, and they're coming over this Thursday for dinner. So I'm so excited because I haven't seen her since she's been pregnant. And so I just think, wow, I've gone through all these stages with this woman, and what a joy, what a privilege, you know, it is. And that's kind of how it's been. You know, each gal that I I mentor, there's a different story and they have different needs, but what a joy that God allows you to be a part of that. Even when they've gone through difficult times, to help them through that difficult time, see them come out of the other side with their faith stronger, with them knowing what it looks like to turn to the Lord. What a privilege that is to be able to know that you are a part of that. So yeah, that's what I love about mentoring. It's not just, you know, a quick fix. It's not just, well, I'm just going to meet with you two or three times and that's it. No, this is these gals I've been mentoring for a couple of years now, some longer. Yeah. And so that has, in fact, I've got one of my preschool moms that I'm still mentoring and we go on walks together and we share a lot and pray together. And it's been such a huge blessing. I hope that that's encouraged. It has to be encouraging for the gal that is kind of on the fence about whether or not I'm somebody that should be mentoring. Because honestly, those are the ones that I'm very much talking to on if you're waffling, because it means that the Lord has probably already stirred your heart to be like, oh, I probably should be doing this, but I don't really know how or what I should do and all that kind of things. And if that's your, if those are your questions, pray about that. 
pray about that. The Lord is going to provide those opportunities. The Lord is going to, you know, highlight that gal that's sitting, you know, in the next row over on a Wednesday night or a weekend or a Bible study night. And you're going to know that you need to go and talk to that gal and you need to be start. Maybe you don't even have the guts to go up to her first. Maybe you're just praying about it first. But like Patty said, sometimes it's the other gals, the other gals that are coming up and saying, hey, I really want this. And so for those gals, first of all, I think it's amazing if you take that initiative, you do need to do that. But some of you might be hearing this going, I know I probably need that, but I really don't want to ask for that. That's really uncomfortable for me. Patty and I, we joke a little bit because the first small group Bible study, women's Bible study I went to was Patty's. And I went with another very introverted friend. And we were, it was at another gal's house. It wasn't actually at your house. Every single one of these people, I think I knew. I mean, there would have been maybe a handful of people I didn't know. But for whatever reason, and you know what, I think there was just a healthy amount of the enemy not wanting me to be in in fellowship with other women. Because I had the green light from my husband, of him saying, yeah, you should go, you know, because I also do think there's seasons in your life when your husband's like, wow, it's really busy at home right now. And it's kind of stressful for me if you're gone every all these nights or whatever. So that has to be the first thing. If you're married, you need to check in there. But I had Chris's green light. And I knew most of these people. It was teacher Patty. I love it. And still, gals, I had to, you had to like kick me out the door. I had to call my other introvert friend and we would show up. We would drive there, you know, making sure neither one of us got out of the car until she arrived so we could walk in together. And it was very stretching for me. So I recognize that this is not everybody's cup of tea to either step into a one-on-one mentorship or a small group situation where there's just, you know, just this little, like everybody's staring at me. No, they're not, first of all. But we get uncomfortable about that. And But the as I look back, because that particular group was probably 18 years ago, and I remember things I prayed for, for women in that group. I remember things that I have been, I think will be lifelong memories and things that I grew in the Lord with that group of women that I really do think that the Lord uniquely created that as the way he wanted to teach me those things in that season. And if I had said, nope, not going to do it and just dug my heels in, which I came real close to sometimes. I would have missed out on that. And you're saying the same thing on the side of being a mentor, even. You have so much joy in what you're doing and what you would have missed out on if you're like, no, I don't think so. And it goes back to obedience to the Lord. Even when I did those Bible studies, Amy, I remember stressing out before the first Bible study thinking, what in the world was I thinking? What am I going to teach these gals? Who am I? And I was just, I was very stressed. I remember getting on my knees and just putting my hands up in the air and saying, Lord Jesus, this is yours. You have to be the one to direct it, not me. Please empty me of self, fill me with you because I want to run away right now. (laughs) But I have these women coming to my house and I can't. So Lord, please help me with this. And God is faithful because I'm pretty much an introvert too. And it wasn't my cup of tea. And that's why, you know, like my sister said, God knew me. He brought the women to me. Brought the women to you. I love that. I didn't go out and search them, you know, because that's not who I am. But when God puts that desire on your heart, it's the Lord. You can't walk away from it. 
When you really want to have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, it comes down to obedience. And so I was obedient in giving the Bible study. And bless your heart, you were obedient in coming to the, through that door, Amy, <laughs> and coming into the Bible study. And the Lord used it. And the Lord used it, yes. Really yeah. And look where you are today. Yeah. And again, that was definitely what the Lord wanted, and the Lord filled and equipped in every single way. So it's amazing. Well, Patty, thank you so much. Gals, I hope this episode has been a blessing to you guys. It's It's been a blessing to me. To, it's always so fun for me to get to sit here and, and talk with Teacher Patty. But gals, I encourage you to seek the Lord and pray about should you be someone who is discipling someone else if you're not, or should you be receiving that? What should that look like? But desire to go deeper with the Lord and desire to walk with him. And when I say deeper, I don't mean in some weird, like scholarly, like I need to know all the knowledge. I'm meaning deeper in obedience to the Lord is really what I mean. And I think that is what we all need to find. Sometimes obedience means we're not doing things that we want to do also, you know, but pray about that and see what the Lord would have you do. Don't let Patty and I tell you the things that you're supposed to do. Seek the Lord in his word. So I would also say if you are just don't even know where to start. Do send us an email. Send us an email or send us a message. We do have a Titus 2 gals that, you know, if we don't have somebody that can connect with you, well, we certainly, they will still be able to pray with you and they'll still be able to, it might be somebody that's sitting like two rows ahead of you at church and you just don't know yet. So, but again, I'm not supplying all the answers for that. And I'm not going to give you like an easy, like, oh, it's this person right here. And that might not be where we're at right now, but pray about who the Lord would have you with and if that's something that you should do right now. So, all right. Thank you, Patty. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning in to The Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of Athey Creek Christian Fellowship in West Lynn, Oregon. For more resources or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at atheycreek.com.